106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Coming to you from beautiful upstate New York, this is the Slam Tilt Podcast, a show about all things pinball. I'm Ron Hallett, here with my co-host and partner in crime, Bruce Nightingale. Yeah, hello. And welcome to our first and hopefully not last show, where we will be discussing ourselves, because introductions are in order. We will also be discussing some uh, pinball news. And we will be going in-depth into the recent Pintastic New England show. So how's it going, Bruce? It's going really well. I'm actually uh, really excited about the first show and actually talking about our fun stuff, plus uh, regional uh, issues and fun stuff that actually happens all around the area. There are no issues, Bruce. Everything is great. Everything's always great. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no. <laughs> so let's uh, introduce ourselves and why anyone would want to listen to us with the, I don't know, 300 other pinball podcasts out there. Uh, why don't you go first? Just tell us a little about yourself, how long you've been in this wonderful hobby. I've been in this hobby for over uh, 31 years. Uh, yeah, my first pinball machine was a uh, Bally Kiss. Uh, I bought it from a crack house, actually, and Patterson, New Jersey, when I was 14 years old, and uh, worked my way up from there. I've actually, at the time right now, own over 35 pinball machines, including the newest one I've just purchased this past weekend at Pintastic, a nine ball, which is up and running and fully fully rocking away, except for the number two drop target, which Ron's warned me that drop targets stink on stars. Oh, they're terrible. So so you were doing crack, and then you just saw a pinball machine and had to buy nope. it? Nope. Nope, uh, I went to a I went to a crack house. I didn't know it was a crack house, but uh, me and my mom brought me down there. Your mom was in the crack. Hey, mo, my mom was not in the crack. Okay. She she maybe now she is, but maybe <laughs> you know back then she wasn't. Uh, but uh, we went to this house and we bought the pinball machine. And three days later, we're we're watching the news, and my mom's like, "Isn't that the house we just went to a couple days ago?" And it was, and they all got arrested for selling crack. Excellent. But, hey, I didn't care because I got my first pinball machine, 14 years old, really cool. So uh, since then, I've actually owned over 200 pinball machines. I repair most of my stuff. I actually uh, repair and I uh, run actually Western New York pinball leagues and groups. I also have tournaments in my house, and I'm also a, a one of the members of the uh, officials of Buffalo Pinball, and I go to... Uh, also, Central New York pinball shows and tournaments, and I also get on to Orange County pinball shows. So, if it's in New York State, upstate, I am there. I also run and cover the uh, upstate New York championships for the IFPA. So, you know something about pinball? Yeah, just, just a, a little just something? A okay. Just a hair. So, All right, Ron, um, tell me about yourself. Well, let's see. I, 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 don't have, I don't have that much. Uh, I don't have 30 years of, of active experience. I actually didn't get into this until I was in my... 30s probably actually i can tell you what year 2004 was the um i i actually got into this through um through mame if anyone's familiar with mame it's an arcade emulator you can play all the old arcade games on it and i i kind of got addicted to that playing on the old video games because that's what i was into as a kid and from that i got a like a mame cabinet but it had like buttons on the side and i i i wanted to get other emulators other than MAME, so there was a pin MAME emulator. 
So I put that on there, and I, I started playing the pinball machines. And, and vi- visual pinball was called, and then he, yes, a pin name ran like the ROMs. Um, and I found I was playing that more than any of the other actual MAME games on there. So uh, I don't know how, probably through the Internet, I found out about the, the Allentown Pinball Show, the 2004 Allentown Pinball Show. And I asked my father, who was the actual pinhead in the family, he actually was the one. He, he played them, probably started in the late 70s, and he didn't really play video games. Pinball was more his thing. So I asked him, like, hey, Dad, would you be interested in this? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, I'd do that. So we, we drove down to Allentown, and that's when I went from, like, maybe I'll get a pinball machine someday to after the show, I need to get a pinball machine now. <laughs> so, and, you know, started away a lot of collectors do. I, I think I, I bought, like, a retail one, pl- over, uh, Black Knight, way overpaid for it. Oh had, my. had immediate issues with it, like, Im- just immediate issues. Soundboard, like, died, um, lights not working. So I, I had to learn to fix it pretty quickly. And it's, it's a Williams 6-7, so definitely you had to learn it really quickly yeah, to fix it. Yeah, when, yeah, when I lifted the play field, and if anyone's, if you've ever seen the bottom of Black Knight, it is quite crowded down there, and it was a, a scary experience, I'd say. But I, <laughs> I don't know. My, my father was an appliance repairman. I, I took things apart when I was a kid just to take things apart. So I, I kind of took to that pretty quickly, I think, for mm-hmm. that reason. So uh, I'm... I mean, I didn't have room for any of the games. I had up to seven seven games set up in my house at a time. I lived in a 600-foot slab. I had eventually four in one bedroom. And then uh, my buddy Bruce here uh, told me how I really didn't need a couch in the living room, and did I ever use it? And he was right. I never used a couch, so we got rid of that and put three more in the living room. Uh, and that's the most I could put. So I started doing a one-in-one-out basis with a storage, storage uh, bin, and... By the time I was said and done, I moved out. I had, I think, 20 games. So, Yeah, and who's the one that's, who sold you one of those games? That would be you, Bruce. Mm. What game would that be? That would be Black Knight 2000. That is the best game of all time, the 30-minute game the 30, per person. 30, yes, most <laughs> games are 30 minutes of Black Knight 2000. So, yeah, so I recently, last year, moved into a much larger house with a basement, and the uh, aforementioned Bruce helped me, uh, or pretty much almost by himself, move the 20 games down into the basement through our Bilco doors, and there they go. And where, that's, that's where I am. Uh, tended pinball shows around the country. I've, I've tried to do walkthrough like videos of a lot of the uh, shows back when that really wasn't done that often, and now it's, it's done a lot now. Uh, but, but years ago, like the only video you'd see of, of games usually were really crappy, like cell phone videos and the early days of YouTube where you can only post 10 minute videos. Mm. So, but that's, that's pretty much me. We have gone to a lot of shows together. A lot of shows. California Extreme! Yeah, California Extreme, Texas Pinball Festival, Allentown, Pinball Expo. Fantastic. Uh, uh, fantastic. Uh, York. Miss York. Um, Chicago Expo itself, the biggest show of all. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, but yeah, Chicago Expo, the the, the granddaddy of them all, if you granddaddy will. Granddaddy of them all. All right. Actually, Florida too. We've gone to the Florida. Oh yeah, free Florida. free play Florida. How can I forget free play Florida? Yes. So now, after our introductions have bored everyone, we yes, can they get have. into pinball news. 
So this is the freeform part of the show where there is no script whatsoever, and uh, I will just edit things down if it gets too boring. Oh, yes. <laughs> so what do we want to talk about? Uh, first, we have updated the points for the Upstate New York Championships this week, and they are fully updated with uh, a different batch of uh, 16 people compared to last year. There is uh, six different or newcomers into the uh, top 16. So, okay, for for and, those for those who are listening are saying, what the heck is the Upstate IFPA points? What's what's the IFPA? Well, the IFPA is the International. Flipper, Flipper Pinball Association. Association, and they actually track uh, states. The problem with New York State and with some other certain states, aka uh, Chicago and Washington, and also uh, Oregon, and even California, that the states are so big that one region can monopolize more points because they have a bigger population. So, what we've asked Josh, who is uh, who actually runs, who is the president of IFPA, to That's actually Josh Sharp for those at home. Yes, uh, Josh Sharp uh, to actually make a upstate by itself. We are still included into the New York State points, but we actually have our own upstate. And last year, it was held in uh, beautiful Castle on the Castleton on the Hudson, New York, and uh, which would be my the, house. We'll yes, just call uh, it Skodak because it's actually. It's in Skodak. It's in the uh, mailing address is Castleton. At the uh, Ground Zero. Ground Zero. No, level Zero. Level Zero. Level arcade, Zero so. Arcade. Yes, yes, it was. And, and, the, and for those listening, it, it, you, you can probably guess in, in the case of New York State what area monopolizes the points, yes, uh, especially when they have the, the Super League. When you look at Greg, who is a great player, who's ranked actually 40th right now in the uh, IFPA, Greg Pavarelli. He is uh, at 305 points for the whole state of New York, just for since January 1st. The highest upstate player, which is myself, is at 79 points. So you see how it's a little hard for the regions to keep even, which I actually prefer to split and I like it better, actually, and it's more fun. But there will be a big points grab in the next month on uh, August uh, 12th through the 14th with the Buffalo Pinball Open, our first IFPA pinball tournament up in upstate New York. That's a PAPA tournament event. Yes, a circuit event, which will actually have the uh, Sharp Brothers themselves will be coming. Yes, they will. There's actually, as uh, they stated, I think yesterday, 33 pre-registrations. I think if you pre-register before uh with the July 31st, you get for your five dollars, you get five free entries, and there's going to be uh, classics uh, division for each day, and then the qualifying for the main tournament is both days, and then Sunday is the finals for the final tournament. Mm. Very nice. And so I will be there, so you can come see world famous Bruce Nightingale. World famous, okay. World famous in Poland, <sighs> and uh, and you can uh, come check us out, and I hope Mr. Hallett will be coming out also. I'm. I'm kind of pushing him. It all depends. It's all a work thing. Depends oh, what's going course. on at work. It does. Um, so for those who haven't dozed off for the IFPA competition stuff, yes. I, I know there are the listeners out there who do not care about anything having to do with tournaments. Uh, what kind of industry news do we have? It seems that Stern Pinball might be a little little behind in their production. Uh, they are a little behind, but they actually today released a, the news we've been waiting for for some time with the uh, Paps Blue Ribbon 
pinball machine being released. It's actually not being sold through distributors, actually, which is the weird part. It's actually based off the Woe Nelly and a regular pinball cabinet. Uh, no price yet, of course, but it's going to be distributed through Paps Blue Ribbon. It's actually going to be sold through their website. So it's actually kind hmm. of a different marketing. Yeah, God knows what the I price actually, is going to be on that. Yeah, Let's the see. price is probably pretty. Yeah, with the Woe Nelly being what sixty four ninety nine, yeah, something was, like that. Yeah, it was pretty high. Uh, I'm expecting Paps Blue Ribbon, maybe around that same pricing. But the artwork from Dirty Donnie is incredible. I actually like the color, the pop. You know, the, you actually the colors pop out on it. Unfortunately, it still is. Uh, Continental 1964 pinball machine underneath. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I played it. I, I played it a couple times. This is okay. Oh, it's I mean, it's, it's, okay. it's, it's different. I had a, the two inch flippers again, and uh, it's just, totally, totally different. I'll totally agree with you at that. Till you get to the price tag. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, that's the bad part. So, yeah, so I know Stern. The, so Stern, I know Stern has been having some. Production delays, and, and and interestingly enough, as we, we can get to this when we talk about Pentastic, during Steve Ritchie's seminar, he actually, un, unprovoked, I may add, just came out and said that they they were having yes. production delays, and and yes. they are they are currently behind. So yeah, it, it's, uh, it's being acknowledged. It's being acknowledged finally uh, with uh, Ghostbusters. They actually put that, which is really weird for them, on the back burner. I've had one person say that they've had playfield issues. Who knows if it's that? But uh, it's really weird for a new machine to come out and have be put on really the back burner. Like Kevin Manny, who uh, ordered his Ghostbusters, is coming in actually Kevin Friday. Kevin Manny, one of our upstate uh, pin, yes. pinheads. Yes, he is actually the vice president of Buffalo Pinball. He's getting his first new inbox pro. Now, think about it. This is a pro. The machine's been out for what now? Over a month and a half? Yeah. And they're just starting to release more now. It's kind of weird. Usually they do that big push for the pros. Then you'll fill in the LEs. And then after that, we'll talk about premiums. Yeah. They kind of they had the pros. The initial pros came out. Yep. Then the, LA, the LEs were delayed. Yes. And then actually they, they shipped out some of them, but then they halted production. They did. For some production. kind of major issue. And then they eventually went out. Mm-hmm. But the premiums, I, have any premiums gone out yet? No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, and, it, and it's now they're doing the pros again. Yep. And I know for a while they were just shipping what they had in stock of other games. So yes. whatever and issues I, they, they've had, they've been major enough to – I mean, because Ghostbusters is, I mean, killer license for them. What Whether, I mean – Well, it's a, great I, t- it's a great time to actually be releasing Ghostbusters yes, with, with the, the new movie. movie coming out with the girls and everything like that this week. Think about it. This is the first time I can actually say since IJ that they're releasing the same time as the movie's being released or a theme with the movie to make it more and interesting. And IJ would be Indiana Jones. Yes, Indiana Jones, Stern. Stern the Stern same. Indiana Jones. Yes, yes. yes. One, of, yes. one of the just turd game. Yeah, there would, our, our opinions will be very clear. Oh, we, yes. we, 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 this will be a very unfiltered podcast. I, I did put the... Uh, the um, with a little warning. Well, when you see this on the uh, podcast side, it'll have the little the, the strong language warning. Not that not, not that we're just going to be sitting here doing you know f bombs just for the sake of f bombs. No, but no, no, but that that game is a turd. 
yes, it is a turd. It plus it, they never completed the rules and never completed everything. Unfortunately, it was bad all around. It was a rehash or everything too. So, any any other worthy news items? Uh, besides uh, the stern news today, uh, I mean, have we heard anything? I well, some of it kind of ties into the fantastic show. It will. But, I mean, it, ha- have we heard anything? I don't think we, there's been no alien news. I don't think there's nope. really been any Big Lebowski news. Uh, uh, the Big Lebowski, at least at the Pintastic, they had two of them running with the Dutch pinball guys there. One played really slow on the left-hand side. One played really <laughs> fast on the right-hand side. Plus, <laughs> well, okay, plus since, all... since we're, through, we're through with the news items, well, let's get yeah. on to the, uh, the show. Yes. It's uh, weren't pin- you the returning champion for that show in the tournament? Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into oh, that. Oh, okay, okay. But to see uh, the Pintastic, Pintastic New England, I believe it's official name. This is their second their second show, the first show last year. Uh, both shows at the same same hotel, the, the Stourbridge, Stourbridge, Massachusetts. I think it's the Stourbridge Hotel. Yes, it is. It's uh, next, next to like a lake. Very mm-hmm. nice location. Um, and it, it's... It, the show it's it has a free play room, yes, a vendor room, mm-hmm. and a tournament room this year. Last year, I believe the tournament was in the vendor room. It was. Yeah. Uh, so this year they actually had its own room, which was which, which is nice. Yep. Yeah, air conditioned, very nice. nicely, very nicely done. Plus, they also had an auction room. Oh yeah, yes, they had an auction room, um, which. Yeah, I mean the games. I don't know. I, I know some some things sold, but I, I saw them carting a lot of the stuff out of there after that. That didn't yeah, sell. Yeah, actually, I'll, I'll include the story of uh, one of uh, the upstate New York members bought the uh, the Spectrum that was there. Oh, Zach. God, Spectrum! Actually, four hundred dollars. It was well worn. Yeah, it, it'd be, yeah, it'd be good for parts. Take the boards out of it. The boards and the <laughs> displays are all crisp on and everything. There you that go. sound works. You get two lamp boards with that game. It's actually, it's one of the few ballets that actually has two full lamp boards. But for four hundred bucks, steal. So the the show basically consisted of it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday show. Yes. The the Thursday they open the just the free playroom. Yes. I think it's late later in the day, and then Friday it's the free playroom in the vendor room, and Saturday free play free free playroom in the vendor room. Uh, the free yep. playroom was open to two a.m. on I'm not sure about Thursday, but I know Friday and Saturday nights it was open to yes. two a.m. Um, and and because the show ends on Saturday, I, I, you, you had less of an issue with games walking. Yes, I, I think there, it. So, just let's get into uh, impressions of the show, and in, in the second show, let's let's let's. Let's do some. Let's rate it all. Let's rate it all. Let's go vendors. What yeah, do you think of the vendor hall? Well, okay. So for the the vendors, the thing is, well, just to uh, to clue in the audience, Bruce frequently is a vendor at many of the shows. So yes. you know he knows a lot of the vendors who are actually there, so he can give a lot better insight yes, in how uh, well or not well they did. Uh, I, I well, can I can say a- just from what I saw. The, the vendor room, it definitely needed more people as far as like actually buying things in the vendor hall. I know a lot of the vendors seemed to be... Uh, I know there was some packing up fairly early, early on Saturday. Yes. Like, I mean, before, like, like early, like late morning, early afternoon, which was... Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rocket Land always does, or, or whatever the the one that's the, with the games that in the corner where we were actually getting our uh, pictures done uh, was uh, packing up around 12 o'clock, actually. With all of his games, but uh, all right, so let's, vendor... go, let's go through some of the vendors. Oh yeah, we had Mayfair. 
Yep. We had, uh, I think, Coin Taker was there. Yep. Selling their LEDs. Uh, we had a uh, classic arcades was there. Had um, pinballs or pinballs. I, I'm just trying to think of the top of my head. Pin graphics. Uh, pin graphics. Uh, the repair guy who was repairing boards. The guy who actually makes the playfield parts to make artwork. He was there also. Uh, you can get a loan there. That was really good, important. You, know, if you want to buy a game there, you can get a loan. Because, <laughs> you know, if you can't afford the game, it's best to get a loan and, and end up in, you know, in debt to pay you know, for, yes. to get the game. Well, the interesting thing about the vendor hall wasn't that I, I remember hearing a story, perhaps you can clue me in, of some Australian buyer who came in and was buying a lot of things, supposedly. Before even the show started, they were buying a ton of games, and supposedly he walked out of there with about 20 games. He spent supposedly 50K. Is it true? Is it not true? Who knows? But that rumor was going around, and uh, him and his wife and a couple other people were with him in the entourage. But uh, oh, oh yes. But uh, people did say that some games were gone early than they expected. Luckily, mine was not. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into that. <laughs> and, and they had um, okay in the uh, free play the room. The, well, the vendor hall. Well, oh, yeah, well, I, I got the vibe of it was okay. Okay. What they really need to do is, my opinion, nothing against the show. The show was actually really run well. I was really impressed with it. The T-shirts were really nice. Everything, the posters, the the guest who they had there, which was Steve Ritchie, John Yossi, and uh, John Trudeau, and Lyman Sheets as a special guest. As a special guest, you know, that was a great guest showing. Plus, even Jersey Jack was there, you know, talking about stuff. That was the great part. The problem is to get people to come to a show. You have to make the vendors want to come. If the vendor's paying out $180 for a booth, that's too much money. It really is. I, as a vendor, I sell the pinball lifter. I you know, do a lot of stuff. That's a lot of money to be putting out because you've got to spend there three days for the hotel, gas, tolls, everything else. You want to make a show good, make the vendors come cheaper. Yeah, and, 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 there, and there's got to be a way it. to get a little more traffic in there. And, yeah. and a, lot of the, a lot of the issues you have with these kind of shows is – most of your people who go there, they want to play games. A lot of them, they don't own games. They don't have a collection. This is this is their chance. Like, wow, look at all these games. I mean, so they're not they're not going to go in a vendor area to buy parts when they don't own any games. Yeah. I think, and, and that's uh, you see that you see that at, all, at some shows. I mean, other shows like, for example, the Allentown show. I mean, there's, the there, as, as far as, you know, especially if you're a vendor, I mean, people buy stuff for vendors there. Yes. And like crazy. I, and he does have to try to do the flea market. Uh, if he can push more towards flea market people, that'd be great also. Oh, yeah. how, was the fl- just, how was the flea market? Uh, I saw one truck. Uh, there was three, actually. There's three oh, trucks okay. there. But uh, it actually, York has a better flea market area than that did. But. Guess what? I'd rather have those people inside and not have an outdoor flea market if we didn't have the lone people and a couple of the other not needed, you know, uh, booths being taken. I'd yeah. rather go to a show and have all pinball parts there, pinball stuff there, instead of a bank trying to give me a loan or something else. Mm. It, I'm not going for, you know, my home finance or my new car <laughs> from, from Ford. Yeah, yeah. Finance your new Ghostbusters machine. Yes. But uh, <laughs> there was a couple of the booths that, that were really important. I liked uh, the Central New Hampshire Pinball Club. They actually brought games, set them all up, had them all for free play. 
great advertising for them. There was one vendor That's, I'm not I don't remember who it was that had the defender yes, machine there. Now was, uh, I, I've I, I played Vendor bef- Defender before and really just thought it was a turd. But I, playing this game actually that worked. It was it was fairly complicated game for uh, like a nineteen what eighty two. 83, 83. Right? Williams game. It had drop targets that were actually all individually controlled, going up and down, trying to simulate parts of the video game. It was. I don't think I ever played when it actually was working, and it was like it was very interesting, very it's difficult, a- like lock shot too in the, the side. So I just, I just thought I'd throw it- that out there because it's just something you don't typically see at a show. You don't usually see a defender. No, you actually you don't. There's only I think 400 of them made, so it is a rare game right off the bat. Uh, there's one usually at York every year, which is a good thing. Uh, and actually, a vet, we have a, a collector up in upstate New York. Well, I won't mention his name because I don't know if he wants to know, but he actually has one. And uh, it's a really unique, fun game, two-player. That's another rare and unique thing about it, actually, is only a two-player display game instead of a four-player display game. So oh, I didn't even notice that, actually, when yes. I was playing. And for those at home, York is York, Pennsylvania. Where they have a show, usually, I think it's right, is it before or after X, the Chicago Expo? It is before Expo this year. It's actually one week before now. It's actually starting on September 30th and October 1st. Ah, interesting. Yes, I I already have the boost paid for. Of course you do. For Pinball Lifter. Hey, (laughs) got to get that wink in. PinballLifter.com. PinballLifter.com. That's Bruce's product. Try it. I I use one. Um, So, okay, that's the, the, the vendor room. So yep. moving on from the vendor room, if you, if you walked outside the vendor room, they had a um, they had a couple of tables set up with um, they had like a Nintendo, like an NES there, with like Super Mario Brothers on it. They had another another console with something else. They had they had a console in the corner. I noticed they had like the kids were around it playing most of the time. They had it, fighting tournament games. Yeah, going on. fighting tournament games. And then if you went through there through the hallway, there was the seminar room. Yes, on the right-hand side. On the uh, right-hand side, where they had, uh, they had seminars and a lot of uh, interesting seminars. They had, um, as I said, Steve Ritchie was there. I know it was kind of standing room only for him, because uh, when I was in there, they, the seats filled up and people were standing in the back of the room. Um, and he had uh, John Jersey Trudeau, Jack. Jersey Jack. Jack. See, Jersey Jack is always good to go to. If Just to tell our listeners, if you ever see that he's giving a seminar go because there will be free pizza and free food yes and free, always food, free food and and usually there was so much free pizza this time they were announcing in the free free playroom please come to the seminar room there was free pizza yeah. and of course i had already just eaten so my timing <laughs> was poor my timing was good because i was across the hallway at the tournament room playing and eating at the same time yes yes so uh we'll, we'll save the tournament room for last because because yes, because there's some interesting experiences for the both of us in there. I will say one thing though the uh, the also the seminars that went on there was how to own a pinball machine, how to repair a pinball machine. Great stuff. I will compliment Gabe on that. He had a lot of good speakers there. Actually, I was expecting a little less quality with the speakers. They actually were all really good and well, really. I like to enjoyed. compliment Dave Marston. I think he has a lot to do with. Uh, well, then with the, Dave with, gets a big with kudos. That setup, yeah, I've, I've known Dave. Dave. Dave is one of the few people I think he's been to every single Chicago Pinball Expo. So oh, he's, my. He's always oh, yes. There. Yes. I yeah, know and he's, he's the only guy. No, he's, he lives in New Hampshire, and his vanity license plate says pinball. Yes. Like with no weird spelling. The actual just spelled out. So you know he's had that sucker for a long, a long, long time. 
Now so, the uh, we'll go to the auction next because the auction was a smaller thing. They had all about right, all right. Well, 40, the auction the auction was near the front of the hotel when you came in, yes. and yes, they had video games, they had jukeboxes, they had a, a Rush twenty forty nine was there. Yes, they had um some shooting games. It's just yes. a lot of mix of of things there. So they also had a haunted house that went for th- over a thousand dollars. An Argo seat that did not hit reserve. It was at a 175, and the res- and then the machine went right into the free play area. That's why I was saving for the free play area next. Uh, and, well, the spe- and the thing to remember about these these auctions is it's not just the auction price. It's what is the commission, Plus and tax. then the sales tax. Yeah. yeah. So it's that was 17 percent extra. Yeah. So the Spectrum was 400 dollars, and uh, the the weird thing was the not the what was the other EM back there? The, it wasn't a big Ben. It was sort of like uh, oh well, uh, lucky 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 ace. Lucky you know, ace. That, okay. Uh, that one for two seventy five. Hmm. Williams EM from seventy four, which is did I'd it work? Yeah, <laughs> barely. Barely. Okay. Barely. <laughs> Barely. Sometimes it would, you know, when you hit the extra, you know, the, the start button, you know, the the stepper motors would just keep on spinning. Keep on spinning. Because it couldn't, <laughs> it couldn't uh, see the contact, so, yes. So, but, uh, all right, and, and we had um, a fellow upstater who won the, the purchased the Spectrum. Yep, and said? it's working perfectly now. I actually was over at his house on Tuesday working on it with him. And so for, the, for those who've never played Spectrum, um, it's very. Uh, I believe it was mostly built because they had leftover parts, mm-hmm. and they, they made a game. It's based on the um, what's the name Masterminds. of the game? Masterminds. It has all these colors. It's very confusing, and uh, just I, it was in. I saw it in a tournament once, and um, I, I just remember one of the tournament players. I, I won't say it. Well, it was it was Trent Augustine. If anyone knows who Trent is, who's in the competition, it was at the Texas show, and he played the Spectrum for I'd say almost an hour, because he was playing it. I went into the free play area, came back like 45 minutes later, and he's still playing it. I'm there. So, is he on the same game? Like, yep. It had something wrong with the tilt where it wouldn't tilt at all. So he was basically <laughs> walking it out the tournament area. I think it was you know five feet one way, five feet the other way, and it just yeah. So that was that was interesting. That's my Spectrum uh, story. I have one also. I did not notice till actually this week. Besides two things, first, it's the only Bally with two light boards because there's so many lights on it. Second, there is no apron on this game. The apron is actually plastics. Oh, that's right, um, and it, it kind of shoots the ball out. It shoots there. the ball out the yeah. middle like some of the old EMs did in the '60s, but there's no apron. It's actually all plastics on the bottom. But the apron is where the uh, shooter assembly, a uh, shooter uh, ball trough, and everything is covered usually by a metal apron. Not this game. Not that so, game. Pretty interesting. So that was the auction area, and then that we get the to the um, the ever probably most pop well by definitely the most popular room, the free play room. Very and, busy and and very busy, and and I will say, yeah. You know, it's, it's tough not to mention other shows and make them seem bad, but as as far as shows go, this was one of the better shows as far as if you wanted to play actual working games. Yes. I mean, games that you could actually play. There are shows, I, I won't name them, but as we do other show reports, as our podcast continues, you, you, will, yes. you will know what I'm talking about, but there are certain shows you go to where that may have, say, way more, like how many games would you say were at the, the show? Over 200, they said. Over 200. Okay. So say, say there's shows we go to that have over 200. Yes. Now, there are way more games than this. But, like, maybe 40% of them are shit. 
Yes. I mean, they're just total like they 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 they're lucky they even start. Yes. I mean, these games uh it, mostly collectors, you know, bring their games in um and it was definitely a buyer's market as far as Yes, uh, there was a lot as, of good deals there, like the, there was a lot of good deals. I mean, on on the I, countdown for $500. Yeah, which sold. So I, I was looking at I was looking at that one. If I if I had a larger vehicle, that that might have uh been coming with me. I'm always a fan of countdown. I would have bought that in a second. It was actually a really even good deal. some of them like you see like um they had a, a fire champagne edition. Yes, a that, was like, that, that was like eighteen hundred. I mean, yep. eh, but it's a champagne edition. I mean, you don't see too many of those. I mean, fortunately, it was off because it had a flipper issue. So who knows if the important parts worked? But three jokers all set for oh. super loud. Yes, they had. They had three <laughs> jokers. They, wild. If anyone has ever played jokers, and that's jokers ending with Z. It is like a uh, late '80s Williams System Eleven game. Only one was stereo. Oh yes, Only it had one. stereo. St- stereo crap. I just, it's just. Oh, I hate that game. I just hate it. It's, it's. I, I don't think I've ever played one where you can actually hit the ramps for God's sake. And, and the whole gimmick of the game is on the last ball. You can hit both ramps to double your score. Good luck doing that. Yeah, and it's just got a guy that. I mean, the whole game is basically just starting multi-ball and just trying to hit the same lock shot over and over and over again and hearing Joker's wow, and that's all you heard. Like and one, partic- one was up particularly loud. Yes. And and if you go to pinball shows, you'll find there'll always be those couple of games that are just up a little bit louder than the other ones, and they'll just be ingrained in your brain, whether it's Exterminate, Exterminate, like Doctor Who, or a Black Knight 2000 that's up way too loud. Yes, that is that is possible for that to be too loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They will so be, what, did, what they were the three best games brain. you thought there that were play-wise? Best games? Uh, I mean, there was... The thing is... And, I'm sure through the podcast we'll get into the whole LED discussion, but mm-hmm. me and Bruce are not the biggest on LEDs, and but unfortunately we're in the minority, so most of the games were heavily LED'd out. So you play Classics. games with like like one one section of the play field is red, another's green, another or or maybe the whole thing is yellow or or blue or green. It's just and and uh, they do. They do what they like to do a lot at these shows now. When it gets late in the night, they will turn the lights down or off. Yes. And when they do that, if you know my eyesight isn't the greatest, and when you have the LEDs in your face, you start you to lose the ball. You can't look like we we played Terminator 2 once at a show and it had LEDs, and we went into payback time, and literally and it was like away. strobe multi-ball. We completely lost track of the ball. So, but for, for giving that. There, there were a lot of nice games there. I, yes, I, there was. I, I, I don't even know where to start. There's the lights, camera, action we played Next was nice. Game. I mean, it was missing the topper, but, I mean, it was nice. It was really not nice. nice getting slaughtered on it, but it, it, was, it was a nice game. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, there, there was, now, there was a, a lot question. of nice games there. Did, did, you, did you see who won best in the show of game there? Uh, I think I think I was on Pinside, uh, the, the, the go-to forum for all things pinball. I, uh, I think... Uh, I think the same guy won for like a couple of the EMs or something like that. And they had a Black Knight 2000, I know one. Best and... in show, Metallica Pro. Oh, okay. With a color DMD. You can't you can't lose with color DMD. You oh, can't, you, I, can't but... you can't lose with Metallica. No, Sorry. yes you can't. It should not be best of show. The best of show should be at least 10 years old. Oh. Sorry. Because guess what? Anyone can slap anything on it. If you have a nice countdown or 
a really nice original, you know, even the Charlie's Angels really looked really nice there. The backlash, you know, those kind of games, I feel more appreciative of a best of show title. The interesting thing about the Charlie's Angels is the lanes on the top spell chick. Yes. I just thought, Excellent. wow, that that would not fly today at all. That no. What but, do you mean? I think it flies perfectly. Well, yeah, look at the Paps Blue Ribbon game, if anyone's seen the art. Yes. So if yes. so. if anyone is uh, offended by like the women in artwork and depicted and not the the most um how do I say this delicately, uh, non sexist manner, do not look at the Paps Blue Ribbon artwork. Yeah, so, yeah. chicks are cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beavis likes it. So <laughs> so we see Bruce's commentary on, so, so okay, Best in Show needs to be at least 10 years old because if it's too I new, totally. you can just put it out there with mods on it and boom, win. Yes. That's I kind totally, of your argument? Okay. Oh, a big-time argument. But it looked nice. It played great. I played it, but needs to be older. Sorry. Best in <laughs> Show, don't slap something new. You know, like, I laughed out last year or at Allentown this year. You know what was Best in Show? Ghostbusters. Well, really? <laughs> really? So, so we had a lot of nice games there. Um, you can't beat the... Um, the prices, selection. The, yeah, you the selection and the time. I mean, two in the morning, yes. yep. open two. I mean, that's like the only other show that's really close... Oh, one of the only shows I know is like Chicago Pinball Expo where they yep. had like the free playroom that's open 24 hours. I mean, I know I was pinballed out by like 11, 12 o'clock. So was I. I mean, so I, I wasn't there until two in the morning, but... No, no. It's excellent. Highly recommended. I, highly recommended. Um, right outside. Definitely... And, and things like th- th- this hotel, there, there's been a lot of talk on Pinside about the um, crappiness of the hotel. As far I mean, it, it is it is, it is an old, old, like, ratty hotel. The carpet is probably from the 70s. But, but guess what? It's, it's, I'd rather it's... have an old, at least comfortable place. Than some of these places that you see that are pay- you're paying two hundred and twenty. Yeah, like, well, like- well, here here's a little. I'll I'll go into a little rant here, and um, uh, the it's it's one of those places. It's the kind of environment where you bring in your you can bring in your own beer. I mean, people yes. just bringing their own beer in and coolers. The concessions area which was selling beer was uh, when I left at like midnight. They were still open selling mm-hmm. beer. It's yes. one of those things where you can do anything you want. You can just like, you could roll games through the hallways, put a game in your hotel room. It's mm. one, it's, it's, as opposed to, say, for example, Chicago Expo oh, is at the Westin. Yes. Westin is extremely strict as far as what you can do and what you can't do. They don't want to yes. see any games in the hallways. You have to oh. take all the games in and out through the back, which, if I recall, is it's not the, easiest thing to do and they just have very strict policies uh the last thing i'm going to talk about in the uh, free play room is what i got oh what yes I, what did I, yes what did i buy what did you buy now bruce now i own a nine ball <sighs> and bruce has been on me to sell me to sell him my nine ball which which i, I like my nine ball so I, which i've never bought anything from you you have bought at least yes, one yes so of course, Bruce has to find a nicer nine ball than mine at the show. Of course, it had to be nicer. It couldn't be crappier. And grabbed it and ran away. And I uh, fixed the flipper. The flipper was actually a. And are, are we are we going to say the price, or we don't want to go into that? No, we never talk price. No, we never talk price. See, that's that's one of the rules. You never talk price. Never talk price. You never talk price. If you're um, you saw it, you're good. <laughs> and I tried to warn Bruce, you know, that the, the, it has, for those who don't have never seen a nine ball, it has a eight bank drop target mechanism that has 
eight coils on it because it, it, it individually controls seven of the eight targets and then has a humongous reset coil. A and, fucking and, and eight switches. And basically everything has to be working 100% or you will be in severe pain. And well, it, number it, two is not working for me perfectly. There you go. But the drop target is worn. So if I can get a drop target, I think we'll be good. Okay. So that's the good thing. Uh, uh, the coil was bad when I got it. The flipper coil started failing. Uh, when I got it home, I saw it was arcing on the diode. The diode was a little not soldered properly, and the lead going to the, the windings was a little desoldered. Put some more glob of solder on there. We're working good. Adjusted the EOS switches with Zach yesterday, and it's a runner. Just so people know, that Zach is the one who bought the Spectrum, and he is, <laughs> is also he is a uh, he goes to um, where you, Rochester, Buffalo. Rochester and Buffalo and Central the, the, the York. The school uh, he goes to. Oh, he goes to RIT. Yeah, he goes to RIT. He's 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 going to RIT, and he is a uh, buddy of Bruce, and stops by to help him in his uh, repairs. Yes, and uh, restorations, which we'll be talking about later on in later shows. And he makes me feel old when I saw his 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 birth year is actually. Uh, yeah. I, I've been working where, where I work now longer than he's been alive. Yeah. Yeah, I, I started where I started like a year before he was born. So. Yeah. I mean, we're for for those at home, we're both in our forties. So. Yeah, kind of feel really old at this point, but. Yes. So, that, so that, that was the free play area, and yes. and and right outside the free play area, you had you had the concessions area, but you also had a, a Big Bang bar, yes. which was on um, I believe two dollars for charity. It was like some kind of charity. I, I it, was. it was two dollars. It was the exact same thing last year. They had I think it was probably the same Big Bang bar for the same charity was sitting out there. So you got that, and then the last part of the fantastic, uh, fantastic, uh, and probably to close our show out with a little. Some stories at the tournament area. Tournament. Uh, so uh, uh, hopefully people don't tune out now, and we, we we won't get too much into points or anything. But the the fantastic tournament is being run by the um, the guys from the Sanctum. Yes. Those don't know the Sanctum is a location in Connecticut, and it's actually in a large like what do you even call that industrial building? It's an industrial building. An industrial uh, they building. just moved to a bigger location. Well, in bigger the bigger floor within the building. Yes. Uh, it's own. It's run by James uh, Swain and uh, and uh, who was the other one? Uh, Mark Harvey. Both of uh, very good players. Uh, they uh, they throw two tournaments a year. They're actually having the 24-hour Battle of the Sanctum is a Papa event this year. I did last year's, and I will never do it again. No offense, guys, but it killed me for a week. We're too old. We're too I, I old. I didn't do it at all because I'm I'm just too. Yeah, it's, so, it's really rough. After yeah. 18 hours of pinball, you think you would get not get sick of it? You get sick of it. So the, the Sanctum guys, they ran the tournament last year, mm-hmm. which somehow I, I actually I, I won. Yes, you were talking so, so, so I was the, to the return. That was return. the defending champion, so I felt like – and the, the way it works is they have two days – or I say one and a half days yes. uh, of qualifying, and it's Papa style, meaning it's entry-based. So you mm-hmm. play – Five games, and your ranking on each game goes to your overall score, yes. and it's and it's by entry. So if you have one good game and four crappy ones, your entry sucks. Yes, you it can't does. just keep trying to play the same game over and over to up your score. So it it requires more consistency, which typically I'm not good at, and and have rarely qualified in that format. All the years 
I, I think only a couple times I've ever qualified, but it just so happened on the second entry that I put in this year, I, I qualified. So I actually at least made it to the playoffs. So I could say at least I made it to the playoffs the year after I won it. You did. Bruce did even better. Yes. As I, uh, he qualified higher than me. I qualified 15th. Yep, and I was I was fifth at one point and dropped all the way down to I don't know nineteenth, eighteenth, eighteenth. It's amazing how it just you drop down. Yes, you bleed out. We call we call it bleeding out because people bleed do out. Take, yes, take away your scores and get better than you and and beat you down more and more. And there was a lot of I mean you had some I mean top players there. You had, had Steve Bowden, yep. friend, friend of our six in the world, a friend friend of the show. I'd like to say you know, from yes. the Coast to Coast Pinball Podcast, uh, yes. amongst other podcasts, he's and been fun on. With bonus and fun and with fun, bonus, fun with bonus. The plug is fun with bonus, and he, he yes. was he was there. And also since Lyman Sheets, the multiple former world time. Yeah, let's try that again. Former multiple time world champion who yes. was there because he was a, a guest of the show. So of course he wasn't going to pass up the tournament area. He, uh, he Jerry. came in. He, yeah, Jerry Bernard, also mm-hmm. one of the best players Connect- in upstate New York and Connecticut champion, state champion, Connecticut state champion. And uh, the thing about Lyman, but just just the different level that some guys play on. He, I, he spent like twenty bucks to get it because it was ten dollars for an entry and then five each additional. So I think a lot of people are just doing like twenty bucks for the three entries. So Lyman, he played three entries. Two of his three entries would have been good enough to qualify. So yeah, I, paid, I, I looked I at four. it, and that's all he played. He just played his three entries, and then he was gone until the playoffs started. I paid four, and two of my entries would have made the playoffs. So I was actually feeling good about that. So Very in the playoffs, that. it turns out of all people to play, I end up playing Bruce, <laughs> of course. And the format is three out of five. Yes. High seed picks gamer order, and yes. then the loser of, of – the game the next... picks gamer order. Yes. So, what I was our up... first game we played? So we started on. Um, well, you picked the first game, which I, I did. It was, it was uh, Medieval Madness, I believe. Yes, it was. It was Medieval Madness. Yep. Which I lost, of course. So I took Bruce over to victory. Now these games, all these games were chosen because uh, they were either they had art by John Yousey, was one of the guests, were designed mm-hmm. by uh, John Trudeau, um, or designed by Steve Ritchie, mm-hmm. or they were programmed by Lyman Sheets. Yes. So a lot of these games, Lyman was playing games, of course, that he programmed. That mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Yes. So after I lost the Middle Madness, I took him to a victory, beat you in victory, Yes, and handily, then you, easily. Yes, then you took me to TX Sector. TX Sector, which I was feeling good about, and I, I thought I had a decent game, but it just wasn't good enough. I just didn't hit that spinner enough times, you know. Yep. And so uh, picked. The, I, I, I picked Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Which um, you're way I, ahead. I, I thought I had a decent game. I, I had like a hundred million. I, I know to the true A division players, it's laughable, and they're laughing right now. Uh, it was a hard setup game. It was a hard setup. Lyman didn't have much higher. Well, he did, but we'll, we'll get did. into that. We'll get, yeah. that later. we'll get into that. So, <laughs> yeah, so I had like, I don't know, 112 million? 111 million. 111 sir. million. So, Bruce on his last ball, well, we, we get to the point where in, in Bruce's last ball, he's like, he's right 90. behind me. He's, he's to the point where he just needs to hit a couple things to pass me, where disaster almost struck. 
but unfortunately for me, it didn't. Nope. And <laughs> it, I took him 115 to 111. Oh, and there's a picture circulating around yeah, somewhere. Yeah, he posted that... a picture on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then Bruce took his momentum and went all the way to the semifinals where he gets to face Lyman. Yes, Lyman you, you, Sheets. You actually had a two games to one lead on Lyman. I did. Well, first game we played was uh, we played uh, Jackpot, and he crushed me. He crushed me. He had over two billion, and I had four hundred thousand or four hundred million. So I was like, ugh. Okay, so I got to pick the next game. So I actually made a joke about it, turning around saying, "Hey, we're gonna play the game which your face is on." And he looked at me kind of funny, and he's like, "What?" I said, "World Poker Tour." And he's like, "Oh," he goes, "I haven't played that in years." We played World Poker Tour, and I actually beat him on World Poker Tour. So uh, the next game, he got the pick, and it was ACDC. Great. One of the games he programs. So I beat him on ACDC. Okay, I'm feeling pretty good. Two up, two one against... However, then he picked Medieval Madness, Madness. which was kind of his go-to game. He was picking it in any situation where he needed a win. Yes, I noticed. So it was definitely his go-to game, and 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 he was a top qualifier for that game. But yeah. I was second top qualifier in that game. But Bruce so found out why he was picking medieval match. What was his score? Sixty-nine million to my twelve. I had a bad game. It was the worst game I had on medieval madness the whole weekend. Was on that game. So we're tied two-two. I have a couple games to pick left. I'm not going to pick Bride of Pinbot. I'm not going to pick Victory. I'm not gonna pick what else is in that other side row. Uh, what was in the, what was the fourth game next to victory? Oh well, there was a Congo. There was a yeah, Congo. Uh, That's Congo. Congo. And I saw him crushing those. So I'm like, not gonna do that. So you picked uh, one of the perennial Papa favorites. It was either Metallica or or uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. I saw him the past three rounds crush everyone in Metallica. Crush. So I said, well, I'm going to go to Creature from the Black Lagoon. My dad owns one. I play it a lot. I've been getting used to this one. It's really played up hard. So first ball, he came out to a good sizable lead, 30 million. I had a crap first ball. Second ball, I came back, and I was up 190. I actually got the jackpot, which I didn't want because I was trying – for the hole. Actually, I lost the ball, but it didn't register in the trial fast enough, and I was already pre-shooting the snack bar to reset the, the multi-ball. Well, instead of resetting it, I got the jackpot. Which, so which kinda... funny, was one of the few jackpots I saw. Not so many people were getting the jackpots. No. The, the, most of the bigger scores were actually the, uh, you know, shoot the right rip, shoot the left rip, and looping that over and over. There were very few jackpots. So that to that ball I had 198 million against 30 million or 40 million for Lyman I'm like okay I feel okay but yeah Bruce Bruce, Bruce yeah you felt more than okay Bruce was like yeah yeah, yeah I got no I, got I wasn't that no oh, no I never... you, you, you definitely no, look like you were like that I, no I was like I was like I just need a good ball a couple more balls you know that's all I need a couple more well Lyman then showed the schooling of what he can only do and he not only once but twice went into multi-ball on his ball too with the second time collecting the jackpot, and just in the last second when he drained his ball, got the super jackpot. Yes, of which Richie even, even got a fist pump from Lyman on that one. I, yes, which is very rare. He yes. does not not very emotional. 
which was uh, actually I was actually cheering him on also because I was like it was everyone was around us. Yeah, that pretty was much weird... everyone was around filming it because it's Lyman and you know that people have to do that. So I was playing probably above my level at that time, but it was really good to enjoy. So then third ball, I get it, and I got about two forty and then blanked out and got a bad bounce. Nothing to do about it. It was a good match of pinball, and then Lyman went on and took the complete win against Jerry. He swept Jerry, actually, 3 Yes, he 3-0. played Jerry Bernard in the final, and, and he, he swept Jerry. Uh, Bruce played in the for the, Semi, the, the battle the, for third place. The battle of the baldness. Against uh, Levy. I never can say his last name right. I've been uh, thinking. Uh, but, yes, uh, Levy, and uh, Levy was up 2 nothing. Crazy on Levy me. for those on pin side. You see yes. him, he, he, he posts very colorful posts, always on pin side. Great and you, guy. you were down Great. 2-0. I was down 2-0, and I came back on him on Medieval, Ghostbusters, and our final game, I beat him on TX, 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 TX Sector. Yes, and uh, luckily I beat him 3-2. Uh, really fun, great time. Uh, the points just came out today, which is funny. It's the most points I ever won in the tournament. Even beforehand, it's uh, 31.75 points I won. So and- a... A big thumbs up for the fantastic show from the, uh, the Slam Tilt crew. Yes. I'd uh, like to thank everyone for uh, listening to the podcast. Um, comments can be sent to, and we don't really have, the, do we, well, we have a Facebook page. We do have a Facebook page. It's, uh, it's uh, Slam Tilt Podcast. So just search for Slam Tilt Podcast on Facebook. We have an email address. You send uh, questions or comments. It's uh, very easy to remember. It's slamtiltpodcast at gmail.com. Thank God that was available. Or we have to use a different name for the podcast. Uh, and just uh, uh, just to leave our listeners with one funny story, it, Lyman Sheets is you know multiple-time world champion, probably way better than most of us listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, when he was playing Metallica in one of his matches, he had the uh, Crank It Up lit, which was one of the mini wizard mode for Metallica. And he's trying to hit the scoop shot on the right. Who's anyone's ever played Metallica? That's a very hard shot. And he missed it like twice and drained and as he turns around he just like says fucking scoop shot. <laughs> and I just thought that was funny to see like, even Lyman said like what it shows it, what, when it comes when it comes to it doesn't matter how good you are. We're 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 all in the same boat here. So I figured I'd just leave the listeners with that little... I have a little funny story really fast. When oh, we're okay, playing... a little, little, little funny story. Okay, one Real last fast. little funny story. When we're playing Medieval Madness and we're all in the same room playing in the tournament, I turned around and I said, Son of a bitch, the freaking Medieval Madness sucks. Who programmed this game? And I yelled it out. And everyone looks around and I look right at alignment. I go, I love you. And then I said, just joking with you. And he smiled. And he was very easy going about it. He was actually the best. Most most of the competition players are very good, but he is just super, yeah, super I, I'd nice. like to give you yeah, props to alignment because most, most of the higher higher end players like usually after the tournament's over they're done they they yeah. leave i mean not all of them but a good number of them because yeah, a lot of them have plane fights and, and they, they want to yes. leave and, and they're sick of playing after because you know, a lot of them that's all they play for is the tournaments but lyman stuck around he was playing foursomes with everyone else in yep. in, in in the group that was that was that was very nice very good so i just like to thank everyone for listening to the podcast again thank you we're uh slam pilt Slam Tilt Podcast on Facebook. Questions and comments can be sent to slamtiltpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Later. Bye.